the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. News, views, and interviews important to you. And now, here's Roger. And this is my turn. Welcome to the Roger Franklin Williams Show, a program that's dedicated to protecting, preserving, and defending America's founding traditions of God, family, country. Welcome to a special edition. I would say it's very pleased and thrilled to be with you on Independence Day weekend. And it's just um, a joy to be able to to share this freedom, to talk on the radio, to express our opinions and our on affairs that ha- on affairs of government on on anything really to exercise our First Amendment rights to speak out and to just um, enjoy the freedoms we have in America. And it's a great time to celebrate July fourth, seventeen seventy six our Declaration of Independence, and our the Constitution that later followed. So it's a thrill to be with you this weekend, and we'll be talking about the founding of the country, the, the philosophy that, of course, which we're based upon, which is, of course, all starts with the natural rights of man and that we have, that our inherent rights as individuals um, come from God, our Creator, endowed by our Creator, as Thomas Jefferson said. But we'll, but we'll talk about that a little bit later. Before we do, I want to Welcome to the program, Grant Malloy, Clerk of Court in Seminole County, and also Comptroller for Seminole County, and also former County Commissioner, and a longtime participant in the community and in the politics and government culture of Central Florida and Seminole County. Before we go to Grant, of course, I want to let you know that our program is sponsored by our friends over at Sheila Auto Repair, and we'll be telling you more about them a little bit later. But Grant, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Roger, for ha- having me on, and a happy July 4th to you. Thank you, and I think it's especially appropriate that you would join us on this particular show because, I mean, your entire life and adult life and career really has been uh, an example of, of freedom of an individual citizen working within your sphere of influence to advance the cause of freedom, to advance the cause of individual uh, liberty. And I salute you, and it's always great to speak to you, but I think it's especially great to, that you would happen to you would be joining us on this particular show and this particular weekend. Well, I appreciate that, Roger. And what you just mentioned is so um, important in our culture. You know, America was really unique when it created the uh, Constitution and the, the rights that were in there. And as you spelt out, the rights in the United States come from the creator, your life, your freedom, your property, and government can't take that away unless through, you know, your due process. And that's, that concept was pretty revolutionary, you know, before the king controlled all that. And now you controlled everything. And those are the principles I think every, everybody should have, especially elected officials to recognize that government is not the source of your life, your property, your freedom. Government uh, usually hinders that, and it's uh, your powers come from a higher source, and government's supposed to protect those rights from being taken away from others or from the government itself. 
thank you for making that point. And just before we move on from it, I do want to, that's a, that's a great point. It's a, a, a central point of, of Independence Day and the founding of the country. And that was one thing that President Reagan, Ronald Reagan, always yeah. emphasized almost in every time, every time he spoke, uh, regardless mm-hmm. of the occasion. And I don't really hear too many um, elected officials since his time, especially at the national level, really uh, addressing that. But, but the point that you made is that, and that was one of the reasons it's called the Revolutionary War, the, the concept that individuals have inherent God-given rights given to them, endowed by their creator, and that government, the purpose of government, uh, as Jefferson put it in the Declaration, um, you were, were created by men to protect those rights. That's a revolutionary concept in, in human history. It was in 1776. It is now. And and I don't think that point is emphasized enough, really, by anybody in our culture that uh, before um, our country was founded, it, it, you know, as you said, you uh, individuals were subservient to the king. Uh, mm-hmm. In modern day, it's more the, the quote the government. Uh, uh, but um, and of course, we saw the totalitarianism of the Soviet Union, and even today, communist China, and um, you know many other other uh, you know uh, totalitarian uh, forms of government. But the, but the point is, in, in our system, which is unique to America, it's something we should be incredibly proud of, which is exceptional, is that our country was founded on the basis that the government is to serve the people, not people serve the government. Virtually every other, well, literally every other form of government before we were founded, and many still today, are, are founded uh, or are or, or, you know, created on, on the pr- premise um, that <laughs> that the people should serve the government, an all-powerful or a very powerful government, and that's what we're celebrating this weekend, and uh, thank you for, 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 pointing, or for mentioning that so eloquently. Wonderful. Yep, it's important, and I wish we heard it from more elected officials. Uh, Reagan was was great at stressing that. I, I agree. And as I said, your your I don't know if the right word <laughs> your your involvement, your your active involvement as a citizen, absolutely illustrates exactly what I know Thomas Jefferson had in mind and the other founders founders had in mind. Individuals taking responsibility to try to make their first of all to assert their individual freedom, their individual liberty, but also to to um, you know, make their their immediate community a, a better place and and a and a, and a place uh, where freedom is celebrated and and where individual rights are are exercised and tyranny is opposed. Exactly. Now, having said you know, having with that introduction, let's talk about some specifics in your current role as comptroller and clerk of court in Seminole County. Two major things that you'd like to talk about the you know, the the ongoing. Uh, kind of struggle or tussle that you've been having with the Seminole County government um, over that your that your office has been having over just investment policy and the parameters of investment policy. We would like to talk about that today, and then also you have some updates for us on uh, the passports and um, some positive things that that your office is doing to make to make interfacing with government, or at least uh, your the things that you handle your your office handles easier and simpler and more efficient for citizens. I'll let you start where you would like to. Sure, Roger. As, as you know, this investment issue seems to go on and on. Uh, and the great basic principle here is there are checks and balances in county government. And the clerk and comptroller's office is not a branch of the Seminole County government. We're independent and we work directly for the citizens. And one of the most important tasks we have is to be the taxpayer watchdog. We hold the control of county spending and of county investments. We hold the checkbooks and the savings accounts, and uh, that is a power we have under the uh, state constitution and under state statute. And um, there are, there's a small group of you know, county management that uh, doesn't like that and uh, continuously tries to strip those powers away. 
And uh, one of the latest things that, oh, by the way, they originally want us to follow a plan, and you can look at agenda item 19 at the March uh, 28th meeting. And that was the plan that uh, these uh, county uh, management bureaucrats uh, expected us to follow. I sat down with my staff. We looked at that investment plan. We reached out to other comptrollers throughout Florida, and it had a lot of bad things in it. So we threw it away. We didn't follow what the county government management wants to do. And instead, we went a different direction, and we had great results. Um, we changed our portfolio around. We invested in a lot of uh, money markets and a competitive bank rate that are uh, they're called uh, QPD funds. They're fully guaranteed, collateralized money markets, and they generate a lot more interest than other investments that are available to us out there. And the good news is uh, our revenues on interest increased 237% over the same portfolio last year. So we made some very positive changes. We outperformed what the county plan wanted, and we're doing a great job. And in spite of that, uh, just uh, last week, without the county commissioners even knowing about it, the county uh, bureaucrats up there on the fourth floor sent out another RFP for, in, for an investment advisor who would take over control of the investment. Again, this is not even something that they could do, but they continue to push this. And as I point out to them, I'm not a county department. I don't work for the county government. I work for the citizens of Simmel County. It's our role to oversee the day-to-day -day management of money, and I'm going to fight to protect that. So we're going to continue to do a good job and um, uh, represent the citizens and, and not uh, cave to people that want to grab power. The checks and balances are important in county government, and I'm going to continue to fight for that. And, and as you were talking, and as, as we've been discussing this issue, I just can't help but, but think of one of my favorite quotes from Thomas Jefferson, because it's just so fundamentally accurate, and we see uh, examples of it every day. What your situation you're involved in is a, is a, is a prime example, where Jefferson said, um, you know, the, the natural course of things is for the power of government to expand and for the uh, rights of citizens to recede. And, and that's just what's going to happen if we just sit around and, and do nothing. Uh, government is just going to be a, a continually a, 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 an organism that continues just to inherently grow and expand. And um, we must continue to, to fight back to assert the rights of citizens. And that's what you're doing in, in this particular situation, from my perspective. Well, I appreciate that. And if people want to follow you know, some of my uh, posts, they can go on my Facebook page, Grant Malloy, Simmel County Clerk, Comptroller. I put the recent investment portfolio on there. And it's even increased since uh, I posted that. Uh, we've gone back to banks and renegotiated higher rates when the Fed rate went up. We're really on top of this, you know, and, and that's our responsibility day to day. Keep an eye on the county's tax dollars. And for the county bureaucrats up there on the fourth floor at the county government building to think that uh, they could do a better job. You know, I put in a request for jury duty furniture about uh, two or three months ago, even offered to pay for it. And they haven't been able to order chairs. So I don't know how the county government's going to manage $440 million and sub that out to some other uh, company. It's, it's not their responsibility. It's ours, and we're going to protect that for the taxpayers. What, what's great. Oh, um, anything else before you, we go today? Yeah, a, a couple other updates to give you. Um, the passports are going great. We had as many as 30 passports uh, issued in one day, and uh, a lot of people are still just finding out that we're doing passports again in Seminole County. We do it at one location. That was the only place we were approved by, by the State Department. But it's at the Record Center, the Clerk's Office Record Center, at uh, 1750 East Lake Mary Boulevard. 
And you can go on our website. There's information. This is for new passports. It's not for renewals. If you want to renew, we can look at your material, but you need to send that in. We do photos, so we can help you with that. But if you go to SeminoleClerk.org, you can go to the link on passports and find out all the information that's there. And then while I'm speaking about the, the website, you'll see uh, a new look on the website. Uh, we're, we have brought in some additional IT help here to ramp up our staff to, as we provide more services. And there's going to be additional information continually added to that website, including within about six to eight weeks now, we're getting closer, we're going to launch a public viewing of uh, public documents. So when you come into a courthouse right now, you can go to a public viewer. You can look at legal records. But when you leave the courthouse, we're one of the few counties where you can't see most legal documents online. And that will be available, like I said, in about six to eight weeks. And uh, people have really been asking for that. And then we're, we're proud to finally get to a point where we can deliver that. So I'm excited to announce that. But it's SeminoleClerk.org. And um, I sure appreciate the time you, you allow me on. And if anybody ever has any questions or input, um, you can give me a call, 407-665-4335. Thank you very much. Grant Malloy, Clerk of Court for Seminole County and Seminole County Comptroller. Well, friends, we're going to go to our first break. We'll be right back on the Roger Franklin Williams Show, so please stay with us. Welcome back to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. And now, here's Roger. And this is my turn. Welcome back to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Always great to be with you, but it's especially great to be with you on this wonderful Independence Day weekend, the weekend uh, where we celebrate the 4th of July, the date that our country was founded, Declaration of Independence was signed, the vote was taken to break away from the bounds of, of England, King and to assert our independence and chart our own path, seeking direction from Lord God. I mean, what a what an incredible event in human history. I would argue one of certainly one of the most and maybe the most um, yeah incredible significant event in human history. Certainly in the last several thousand years or so, something certainly certainly an occasion to celebrate. And we're doing that today on the Roger Franklin Williams Show, and it's something that we should celebrate and be aware of every single day. Before we talk more about the celebration of our independence and the philosophical basis behind it and the incredibly hard work that it took to make that happen, I want to, of course, let you know that our program, say a shout-out to our friends over at Florida Door Solutions and let and uh, just ask you the question, if do you have garage door problems? Well, if you do, Florida Door Solutions has your solution. Florida Door Solutions carries all the best brands in the garage door industry, both commercial and residential. And Florida Door Solutions services all types of and brands of garage doors, commercial and residential. You can find them at FLADoor.com. That's FLADoor.com. Or give them a call at 866-FLA-DOOR. That's 866-FLA-DOOR. Florida Door Solutions. Proud to support all the programs on 1520 WBZW, FM 105.5, WRL, and AM 660, WRL, The Answer. Now, I would like to just um, reflect a little bit and talk about the philosophical basis of the country. And I think that 
one of the first places I'd like to start is is kind of what we talked about a little bit with with Grant Grant Malloy is just how exceptional the founding of our the, the philosophical basis of the founding of our country um, is was and is how fairly simple but yet profound the concept and I think so eloquently. Um, described and expressed in the Declaration of Independence by Thomas Jefferson, which essentially to me is, is essentially the, a mis- the mission statement for the United States of America, why it was founded, what it was all about, and what it should always continue to be. And that is, we hold these truths to be self, self-evident, self-evident that all men are created equal, and they are endowed by their creator, which is a key phrase of the whole thing, endowed by their creator, endowed by God, with certain inalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. That's the whole thing right there. You and I, everybody, every child of God has certain inherent, natural, inalienable rights just by the fact that we are, we were born, that we are a product, a creation of Almighty God. That's where our rights come from, from God. That's why the left wants to take God out of the equation. Why do they want to take God out of the public schools? Why do they want to take God out of the public square? Why do they want to tear down you know concrete monuments where Scripture is even in the buildings in Washington, on the Supreme Court building, and um, etc.? Because they want to take God out of the equation. Because when God's taken out of the equation individual rights are also taken out of the equation. Now, if there's no God, well, then there's no inherent individual rights. Now government becomes, once again, all-powerful, or a, um, you know, a, a tyrannical king, an all-powerful king, or all-powerful lords, or Politburo, or, or whatever. So <laughs> we, we should be ever vigilant, and we should be ever aware of just that key phrase from the Declaration of Independence. All men are created equal, and their right, rights are endowed by God. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men are created equal. And, and our rights are endowed by our Creator with certain inalienable rights. And among these are life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness. To secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. That's the other thing. Is the, gov- the point of government is to serve the people. Before 1776, before our founding fathers, before our founders, the world existed, and it does, you, know, you don't have to read a whole lot of human history to to to, to, under, to get this and understand it and see it illustrated. And Je- Jefferson's got another great quote. This isn't perfect, but it's a reasonable facsimile. Um, there's a great quote from Jefferson where he says, "The entire history of the world can be described in about one phrase, and that is um, a, a small, tiny group of all powerful elites." subjugating the rest of mankind. That's what the world was essentially before 1776, before the founding of the United States of America. And we should always be, be aware of that and be proud of it and, and continue to assert it and continue to be aware. <laughs> there's always forces out there, some of them well-meaning, most of them ignorant, who want to just take that away <laughs> and do away with it. Um, and that's, that's, you know, from my perspective in modern times, one of the biggest threats to our individual liberties, our God-given individual liberties, is a big government. 
because I, I don't, you don't have to observe too closely to, to, to see and to witness that uh, the bigger government gets, whether it's local, state, national, federal, whatever, the bigger the government, the big, the more the individual rights, individual rights of citizens recede. So anyway, that's what we're celebrating this weekend. It's an extraordinary. It was an extraordinary time during the 1770s, 1780s. Constitution came, you know, 1790s, the founding of the country. It took incredible courage, wisdom, vision, faith uh, of our founders to make that all happen. And it's a wonderful experience to celebrate it on the Roger Franklin Williams show today. And then also to realize that that's our birthright, but our responsibility is to continue to maintain it. And I think that's one thing that we're involved in incredible struggle right now. And so I'll segue from that a little bit into what's happening today. And as I said, just mentioned, for most of my life, the biggest threat, I think, to individual liberties is the threat of an all-powerful government, federal government, especially. We don't have to look very far to see what happens when a federal government becomes all-powerful. Look at the the old Soviet Union, which essentially collapsed under its own weight, largely due to to, to Reagan and uh, and his his efforts, both overtly... um, speaking out, calling it the evil empire, which it was, and his legislative skill to get to get the military engaged so that we were able to just essentially outspend them uh, and the economy going so that we had a better economy than they did to support our military uh, build up to be able to um, protect ourselves against um, Soviet uh, threat, if you will. But any anyway, of the point is we don't have to look too, too far to see or whether it's South American dictators or all kinds of, of tyrannical governments, not just communism, it's not just totalitarianism or fascism, all kinds of tyrannical government. And I would I would assert that if ours, even with our Constitution and our Declaration of Independence, um, with our Constitution, we would be threatened. We are threatened as government becomes more and more powerful, whether that's at the federal, state, or local level. But the point I was getting to right now, which I'll make in just a second, but before I do, I want to remind you, about our friends over at Porky's Original Barbecue. Of course, we've been telling you about the Sheriff Kevin Berry Feast for Four at Porky's, which is one pound of spare ribs, half chicken, half pound of pork, four large sides, four pieces of garlic toast for just thirty-seven forty-nine. But today I want to tell you about an old reliable standby at Porky's, but it's only available on Wednesdays. So you kind of have to make a mental note, or you may even want to mark your calendar about the Hump Day Special at Porky's, which it's only available every Wednesday, but it's all-day Wednesday, um, lunch and dinner, you know, from opening till close at Porky's Original Barbecue in Apopka. And it's the, Porky, it's the Porky's Hump Day Special, which is their famous pulled pork sandwich, to a side and a drink for just six seventy five. It's only available on Wednesday. It's only available at Porky's Original Barbecue in downtown Apopka. And it's not on the menu, so you have to ask for it. So get over to see Steve and the gang and, uh, uh, in, in a Wednesday on a hump day sometime soon and tell them Roger Franklin Williams sent you and you want the Roger Franklin Williams hump day special. Only available at Porky's and you have to ask for it. Well, before, and the point I want to make here in our, in our closing moments is that what I'm really afraid of today is, is um, the threat of political correctness. That's the new tyranny. It's the new fascism where... And, and, it, and it's inculcated in the left, and it seems to be sadly inculcated into this uh, 
uh, the younger generations of Americans, the millennials and the, the generation after that, kids coming out of college. And, and, and just think about it for a minute. It's, it, it's logical. It's rational that they've essentially been brainwashed. There are younger generations, people probably under 30 and maybe even under 40, have, have entered a world where political correctness was the norm, probably starting when they started kindergarten, uh, public school, even maybe some private schools, but especially public school, colleges especially, um, have been in, grown up in a world where where freedom of speech is is not just not appreciated; it's disdained and actually referred to uh, uh, as as being mean spirited or or um, you know bullying or things like that. One of the fundamental, indispensable building blocks of our freedom is our First Amendment rights to be able to speak out, and, and that and the whole point is to protect. Unpopular speech, unpopular political opinions, that's what needs to be protected by the First Amendment. Yeah, somebody, so somebody says something to hurt your feelings, so what? <laughs> that, 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 to me, that's a lot better world than, than people that, 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 that are, had their careers destroyed, their lives destroyed, uh, no, no telling where this is, could lead, uh, just for speaking out, for saying things that are unpopular or deemed to be uh, unpopular or wrong by the people in control. And of course, as we know, the left wants to get into control. That's a message I want to mention. That's something we're going to have to fight every day. And it's one reason I love uh, uh, Donald Trump, President Trump. Nobody that I've seen on the national stage, uh, without a doubt, has fought back, pushed back hard against political correctness more than Donald Trump. And before we just have to sadly uh, go quickly, I want to say this. I, I love the tweet he made about Joe Scarborough and his colleague there. I, this is the kind of thing I love about Trump, and I and I think a lot more people uh, support that and, and get a chuckle out of it and take it for what it was worth than, than people that don't. But I wanted to share that opinion with you before we have to go today. And I do want to let you know, of course, remind you about our friend, our good friend Vito Fira over at Network Sound and Video, and let you know that, of course, July 4th is a great time for memories. Preserve your memories from July 4th or from any time at Network Sound and Video. Uh, with help from Network Sound and Video, you can find them at NetworkSoundAndVideo.com. That's NetworkSoundAndVideo.com. Go over and see Vito and Ron and tell them Roger Frank and William sent you. Time for another break. We'll be right back. Welcome to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. News, views, and interviews important to you. And now, here's Roger. And this is my turn. Welcome to the Roger Franklin Williams Show, a program that's dedicated to protecting, preserving, and defending America's founding traditions of God, family, country. It's great to be with you today. I want to thank you for the opportunity to join you as we talk about the issues that affect us in our community, our state, and our nation. And of course, on our program, the Roger Franklin Williams Show, we do that from a perspective that honors and respects America's founding traditions of God, family, and country. Have a great show for you today. We'll get right into it. Later in our program, we'll hear from Matt Oshevsky, who, of course, has been on our show before. He he's most recently announced that he will be a candidate for the state uh, legislature, for the state representative, as a Republican. And that's an area that covers a lot of West Orange County and beyond. And we'll talk um, to Matt about, about that race, why he's entered the race, what he feels the major issues are, and what his objective and agenda would be if he were to be elected. Right now, though, we're pleased in just a moment, we'll go to a good friend who's doing great work in the Apopka area, helping youngsters uh, with self-defense training, Matt Hutchinson, who is a fourth degree master, and he's the owner 
of Central Florida Tang Sudo. Before we go to Matt, I want to let you know, of course, remind you, and let you know uh, anybody out there who's looking for a place to take that needs to find a place that will care for their car, truck, SUV, or other vehicle with old school honesty, integrity, and dependability, I urge you to get over to see Demetrius and Odysseus Virgos at Sheeler Auto Repair. You can trust the guys at Sheeler Auto Repair. They're located at 1908 South Orange Blossom Trail, Apopka, and make sure you tell them Roger Franklin Williams sent you. You'll hear more about them later in the program. But right now, let's go to Master Matthew Hutchinson. Matt, thanks for coming over. Hey, thanks for having me, Roger. I really appreciate it. It's an honor to be here. You know about the great work you do in the Apopka community in a variety of ways. You're very active in the community in, 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 in a you know, number of positive ways. But also, I want to talk to you specifically right now about Central Florida Tang Sudo. And just tell us about, about your operation and what you do there. Well, I've been teaching karate. In, about your school. <laughs> yeah, I've been teaching karate in Apopka for probably about 15 years. And we were at the Fran Carlton Center just teaching on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So we were more in a club status, uh, kind of with the downturn of the economy. I had an opportunity when Mr. Cooper built the Cooper Sports Complex to take over 4,200 square feet in there. And so it's been quite a uh, difference from teaching at a rec center where we're full-time now. We're open Tuesday through Saturday. We have classes starting 515 for little kids uh, all the way up until about 930 in the evening we teach adults. So, And tell us about your, your background in, in, in karate, how you got started, and, and what led you to want to make it a big part of your life and, and to teach others. Right. Well, I, I went to Troy University in Troy, Alabama, and as a freshman, they offered a class through um, ROTC, which I wasn't a part of, but they gave me an exemption, and I was able to join the class. Um, so not only did I get a bachelor's degree at Troy, but I ended up getting my black belt as well. So it was more just something to do to stay in shape and just uh, uh, kind of a recreation hobby for me. And several years later, as I progressed up through the ranks, um, like I said, with the with the downturn of the economy, I decided to take a hobby and turn it into a career. And what was it that led you to the sport of karate? What was it that you know, really sparked your passions? You know, I think um, watching movies in the 70s, watching Chuck Norris and Bruce Lee, and um, there was always uh, a, a desire to do it. However, my, my mother was, uh, no, you're not going to do that because it's violent. And when I left home and made my own decisions, I basically... Uh, found a wonderful organization called the World Tang Sudo Association, um, invited my parents to come watch a tournament, and they were um, delightfully pleased at the camaraderie and the fellowship that uh, it wasn't, it wasn't um, the same thing that they thought it was from the 1970s. Friends, you're listening to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Right now we're speaking with Master Matthew Hutchinson. He is the owner of Central Florida Tang Sudo uh, Karate School in the Cooper Complex uh, in the Apopka area. And um, now, Matt, can you just what would you like for people to know about the sport of karate that they might not know, and you know, maybe even correct some misperceptions, like maybe your your parents had. Right. Um, well, for one, our organization, the World Tang Sudo Association, is about one hundred and fifty thousand members strong globally. So we have schools um, pretty much uh, in every continent except Antarctica, um, and the perception of it being violent is totally the opposite. It, it's uh, a brotherhood, it's a fellowship, and it's anything but violent. We teach self-defense in order not to have to use it. It's in a, a worst-case scenario is when you're going to want to have to use your um, your karate skills. Now, it might, be the per- not, might not be the perfect timing for this question, but I mean, I'm curious. A lot of our listeners are probably are curious. H- have you actually ever had to use karate as a self-defense? Well, we use it every day, but we don't use the physical aspect of it. And, and actually, that's one reason why you have to train. 
um, so you don't end up in a physical confrontation. Um, and so ultimately, when you when you continue to train, your senses are um, a little bit more astute and keen to where you're not going to wind up getting in a, a situation. You're more than likely you're going to be able to just walk away from it. That's our ultimate uh, goal is to not get in that confrontation. But if you do have to defend yourself, we're going to teach you how to defend yourself properly. And that goes for little kids. We start with four-year-olds, and we're going to teach them how to stay safe and how to get away from a bad guy, how to bring a lot of attention to themselves if um, if somebody's trying to do something bad to them. Now, have, you know, from what I understand, uh, Matt, there's also a very strong, powerful, uh, philosophical uh, under underlay, if you will, to, to karate. Yeah, and that's another misperception. Uh, I'm a man of faith, and a lot of people think that the uh, martial arts, because they're tied mostly into uh, Korea, Japan, and China, that they're Buddhist. Um, we basically, as a, as a Christian man, um, I'm able to practice martial arts and improve my, my walk. Um, we've got 10 degrees of black belt, and in our particular organization, the highest you can achieve is ninth degree. Tenth degree represents perfection. So through um, trying to become uh, better and better, the highest you'll ever be able to get is ninth degree because we're we're not perfect. So, and can you talk about? Um, you said you've got kids as young as four years old that come to you. Um, kind of what is the the process of of working with kids that young? Yeah, so at four years old, there's only so much karate you can teach a kid. I, I teach them a half hour. I go to eight different schools in Apopka as well and um, teach the young kids. But basically, I'm trying to teach them motor skills and I'm trying to teach them how to stay safe. So if a, if a guy, a grown adult grabs a little four-year-old kid, it's virtually impossible for him to to pull away. So what I'm going to teach him is I'm going to teach him to make a lot of noise. I'm going to teach him to kick him in the shin and just not to give up, ultimately. So um, we've actually had some kids that have been put in a compromised situation and have been successful. That's great. Would you like to share one of those stories with us, maybe? Or could you share one? Or? Uh, there's there's the endless, no names, endless of course. stories. Yeah, no, no names for little kids and stuff. Um, you know, when I get kids, and I really want to get parents to come to me and say, hey, the lessons that you're teaching the kids are really sticking. And here's an example. That's what makes it so rewarding to, to be able to teach um, the martial arts. And and we just keep doing the same thing. And then what, some of the other things that we do, we do a lot of goal setting. Um, so at Orange Belt, uh, after you've been in for a while, whether you're a youth or whether you're an adult, you have to set goals. You have to reassess those goals at Brown Belt and then once again at Black Belt. And um, so so the martial arts, the word do in Tang Soo Do means way of life. Okay, so um, we're basically just going to try to encompass and embody that and while you're training. Glad you're joining us today, friends. This is the Roger Franklin Williams Show. We're speaking right now with Master Matthew Hutchinson who's the owner of Central Florida Tang Soo Do Karate School in the Apopka area, located in the Cooper Sports Complex. Also want to let you know and give a shout-out to our friend Dr. Patrick St. Germain, St. Germain Chiropractic, and BurnFatOrlando.com. Dr. Patrick St. Germain has been voted best chiropractor for now five years in a row, and that's because Dr. Patrick St. Germain has worked with athletes at all levels, from elite high school and college athletes to professional athletes, to Olympic champions. So when you're in pain, call Dr. St. Germain at 855-WHEN-IN-PAIN. That's 855-WHEN-IN-PAIN. Now let's back to Master Matthew Hutchinson of Central Florida Tang Sudo. Now, Matt, you, we were just most recently talking about the young students that you have starting as early as four years old. You know, how? What, what are the other age groups that you have? I think and, and my how far student, up age-wise to, do your students go? Uh, well, we encourage everybody. Um, we do a little Tai Chi aspect as well. We call it Qigong. 
Um, but I have a 62-year-old man that started a couple years ago. Um, great man. Uh, he was a state champion wrestler in Pennsylvania many years ago. Um, he's he's now a brown belt at 62 years old, so should be testing for his black belt in about another two years. So we take every age. Uh, there's the sky's the limit. Even you, Roger, you're welcome to come on down and do your free trial class. I'll come down and see you. Right. Absolutely. And now, Matt, we got just a, about a, a little over about a minute to two minutes remaining. What else would you like to share with our, our listeners? Well, um, I want to. I'm so blessed to be in Apopka. What a great community! You mentioned uh, Sheeler Automotive earlier. I'm, I'm there every Wednesday. I get my cars taken. It's just a great community to be a part of and to be teaching. I want to thank Mr. Cooper for building the Cooper Sports uh, Plex to where I can have a place to um, to teach, and obviously all my students. We just um, encourage the community of Apopka and the surrounding areas to come out and, and give us a shot. Um, it's more than just kicks and punches. We truly have um, a, a great environment there, uh, a wholesome, wonderful, fun environment. And that's the main thing, too, Roger. If you're not having fun doing karate, you're not going to want to keep doing it. For me, fun is is hardcore kicking and punching and uh, maybe a little bit of pain. But for a little kid, it's totally opposite. They want to have fun. So. Um, even if you don't want to join, I come recommend that you you watch a class. It's uh, pretty entertaining from all, all different levels, from the little kids, we call them tiny tigers, all the way up to our golden dragons, which sounds are like, uh, senior citizens. Sounds like a great, great environment. Yeah. Thanks for being here to, to share about it. Absolutely. Yep. Um, and like I said, the organization I'm with has been tremendous. I tested actually for fifth degree down in Argentina, but it's afforded me an opportunity to travel all over the world. I uh, went to Sweden last November and was a guest there. Argentina. I'm going to Quito, Ecuador in August, and uh, we'll be teaching there. So it's been a great vehicle uh, to see the world as well. And before you go, uh, what um, just tell people where the Cooper Com- uh, Sports Complex Cooper is. Cooper Sports Complex is located on Bradshaw, um, pretty much at the intersection of 441 and Bradshaw. If you take a left where the new Wawa is, go over the railroad tracks, you can't miss it. Uh, it's a tremendous sports complex. If you don't do karate, basically they still have their gymnastics in there with uh, My Gym Adventures. They have some baseball in there. Yeah, our friend Brian King's over there, exactly. running a baseball academy. Uh, Najee's running a soccer program out of there, uh, volleyball, you name it. So uh, it's a great place to be. They've got dance upstairs, and you can't miss me. I, I got four windows. I'm the first person you're going to see when you walk in there. Thank you for being here, Master Matthew Hutchinson of Central Florida Tang Soo Do. Well, friends, we're going to go to our first break. We'll be right back in a moment on the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Welcome back to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. And now, here's Roger. And this is my Welcome back. Great to be with you today on the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Always enjoy this time, brief though it may be. We have a chance to get together every week. And, you know, it's always great to hear from you, too. It's always great. It's almost every uh, every week. I run into somebody at the grocery store or the convenience store or whoever, um, maybe ever Sheila Auto Repair, uh, um, who says they listen to the show and they enjoy it, and uh, it's always great to get that kind of feedback. Also want to let you know that you can find out um, more, you can you know find me you know 24-7 on my Facebook page. I'm fairly active on Facebook, promoting the shows and our guests and so forth, and so you can find me in a couple different ways. Um, you know, just to check out the Roger Franklin Williams uh, page on Facebook, and there's also a Roger Franklin Williams show page on Facebook as well. Um, I want to talk to you right now about it and um an issue that got my attention and I'd like to, I really want to talk more about this because it's um, something that's really a hot button of mine for a variety of issues. Those of you who know me and have listened to the show for a while know that I have a real passion for history, tradition, legacy, for, for preserving uh, uh, 
outstanding things that are good things, good things that are part of our community, uh, things that help the, our community become a better place or be a better place. And from my perspective, and I think, you know, those of us who follow this kind of thing closely from a lot of people's perspective, for some reason, um, you know, the elements of a community, things uh, about our world, even that oftentimes are good, that, that, that bring light and joy and, and, and just help, help people be better people, help the community be a better community, oftentimes come under attack and oftentimes they're destroyed. Um, I guess the, the, the quick phrase for it is call someplace paradise, kiss it goodbye. Uh, but I, what I want to talk about directly is the, the situation with Grand Avenue Elementary School in Orlando. It's not a high-profile issue. Um, most of you probably haven't even heard of it or aware of it. There was an excellent article in the Orlando Sentinel several weeks ago by Leslie Postal, which I'll quote from. And uh, the crux of the issue is that there's a wonderful little elementary school in downtown Orlando. It goes back to the 1920s. Um, I'd always heard of you know, as a native of Orange County. I'd heard about it all my life, Grand Avenue Elementary School. In fact, to me, even the name has a certain charm to it, Grand Avenue Elementary. Well, and I remember some years ago, as I was driving around uh, in uh, downtown Orlando, actually one of the, the more distressed neighborhoods, uh, I, I just happened to drive past it. And it was just almost like a sense of deja vu. It was like a, a movie taking a step back in time. And it was just uh, the beautiful architecture. Um, in fact, there's an actual specific name for the architecture. I think it's a, a Renaissance Revival or whatever, but I, I'll, I'll find that out more specifically. But it was that, it, it, it was, you know, the school was built in the 1920s and it was built at a time when you didn't just have this um, prefab type buildings that were thrown up because you could build something you know, quickly and cheaply. It, it was when a building was was really a, a work of art, if you will. A building was was carefully crafted, uh, carefully designed. Uh, the workmanship was was extraordinary. The architecture was distinct and beautiful. Uh, well, that was that's Grand Avenue Elementary School, built in the 1920s. Well, in addition to just the beautiful building, beautiful old school building, they um. The neighborhood was, was 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 almost perfect. Now it's it's a lower income neighborhood now, and um, but having said that, um, and certainly there's nothing wrong with lower neighborhood, uh, you know, neighborhood to begin with, but still it was it was very quaint. It was um, red brick streets, uh, smaller houses, but but just it, it looked like the kind of neighborhood that that where real people live and where real people have a real sense of of community. And so anyway, there's what I'm getting to is that Grand Avenue, sadly, the last day of school. Um, a few weeks ago in Orange County was the last day for Grand Avenue Elementary. There, Orange County Public Schools, some bean counter uh, or a bunch of bean counters and bureaucrats have decided to put an end to this this wonderful school. And you know, so much more uh, above and beyond what I've just shared with you, just about the the, the beauty of the architecture, the the quaintness uh, of of the of the neighborhood of, of the local community that it served, is that the the teachers and the students here and the parents. Just had an extraordinary bond with the school. The students loved going there. The teachers loved teaching there. Um, the the principal, the the parents loved having their their kids go there. The kids loved going there. And um and 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 now I guess under under the uh, misguided, <laughs> um, you know, um, idea of efficiency, uh, this wonderful school is now being closed down. The the kids who were going there, elementary school kids who were loving their school. Um, Right, going to have to be shipped over to some big box school, and also this particular school only went through about the second or third grade, which I think is great because you know I think that's one thing that 
that's pretty much known throughout the private school arena is um, the smaller the classrooms, the smaller the schools, the, the more enhanced the um, the learning experience. Uh, well, and now these kids are going to be uh, these 200 students are going to be shipped over to some bigger box school. They're going to be going to school with uh, middle schoolers as well. You're going to have kindergarten kids and first and second grade kids mixed in with middle school kids in um, over on Paramore in a you know, let me put it high crime area. Um, and I just, I just, you know, this is one of the things that really gets my attention and really upsets me because you've got this idyllic school doing fulfilling the mission of public education perfectly. And so now, uh, in, a, in a beautiful historic building, in a in a in a great old school Orlando neighborhood with a with a true sense of community, and so now Orange County Public Schools is going to pull the plug on it. And I just think it's it's just I wanted to share that with you because I I, I think that it's 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 one more example of wrong headed thinking, wrong headed action by a bureaucracy in general, and uh, and specifically the Orange County Public Schools bureaucracy. I'd just like to read with uh, with. Uh, from this article uh, from the Sentinel, just briefly with you. And it was just um, one of the the parents said that as soon as my daughter walked out of the classroom, she just cried and cried and cried. Uh, One of the parents said, I won't mention her name, about her seven-year-old on the last day of classes. She was really heartbroken. Uh, Another parent, well, this same parent said, Grand Avenue School was like a second home for us. It was an amazing school. Everybody got together. Everyone knew everyone's name. And it goes, the article goes on to talk about there were weekly parent breakfasts. Uh, many of the parents volunteered, which is not the norm, by the way, at public school. Um, you know, uh, th- just uh, there was a uh, there's another quote, the bonding, the teachers, everything was awesome uh, from a, from what one of the parents had to say. And uh, another um, person, another parent talked about how uh, Grand Avenue School was a place that, quote, made everyone feel comfortable. And, quote, even though the neighborhood is bad, when you went to the school, you had a kind of peace and quiet. Well, (laughs) not anymore, because the bureaucrats and bean crowners at at Orange County Public Schools have decided to put put an end to it and send the kids over to some big box uh, school, the little kids, the the kindergartners, the first graders, the second graders, where, you know, they undoubtedly, some of them will be be harassed, picked on by streetwise, you know, 13 and 14-year-olds. Um, and this is, you know, once again, this one I want to share with you is illustrates uh, a big part of the mission of the show, which is to preserve mission of, the, of our show is to preserve community, to preserve the good things in our community, to to salute and to um, uh, reward, if you will, uh, those people that are making a positive difference in the lives of other people in our community. And the people at Grand Avenue School were doing that. The principal, the administrators, the teachers In fact, they talked about one teacher um in fact, I'll just quote a direct quote from this from the Sentinel article by Leslie Postal. It says, uh, "Felisa Chambers came first came to Grand Avenue as a student intern right after right out of Florida a and University. Twenty three years later, she was still teaching there, delighted with a school that focused on quote the whole child. And her quote about Grand Avenue School was the kids, the community. It was just like a second family." Well, not anymore, but not anymore because Orange County Public Schools wants to destroy it. <laughs> they want to uh, shut the school down, ship all the kids out, um, you know, ship them to a big box school, uh, better for the bottom line, more efficiency, um, you know, et cetera, et cetera. You know, this is something I wanted to share with you. Now, also, I wanted to to address, and I just wanted to to point this out as another example of of imp- 
as, as, as Central Florida, Metro Orlando, or however you want to define it, becomes bigger, um, more impersonal, uh, more corporatized, if you will, more suburbanized, these are the kinds of things that keep happening, and they and then tear at, at the at the, the the foundation of the community. And I will just reason I want to share it with you because I know I know and you know many of you like I know you I know that you'll feel the same way that I do. You'll be outraged by it, and um, I just want everybody to know how I feel about it. One other aspect, in addition to uh, the kids, and then another another thing I do want to point out about the school is that uh, a decade ago there was a decision made that the school would focus on the needs of young students, particularly early literacy skills. And they d- did an outstanding job of doing that. Uh, and what's more central to the, to, the, to the ideal and mission of public education than to help uh, kids learn to read at an early age? Um, but any of the building goes back to 1926, 1927. It was literally an architectural masterpiece. And the point I want to make about that is now it's under attack. And it's very possible, very likely, because when uh, asked on the record, OCPS people hem and haw and give no straight answer. That's, <laughs> so we know what that means. Um, the building most likely will be torn down unless somebody steps up and does something about it. So they've already closed the school. You know, kindergarten kids, first grade kids, second grade kids who had a, a wonderful, idyllic community school um, to go to, which they loved, loved going to. Parents loved taking them there. Now they're going to be shipped over to some uh, uh, large school, a more impersonal school. That that part's already been been done. Now they want to tear the building down. And, you know, I'm going to do whatever I can to, to stop them from tearing the building down. And I hope that, that you'll do the same. And there is an effort. We're going to connect. Uh, Mr., uh, former City Commissioner Samuel Ings, from what I understand, is uh, involved in the effort to save the building at Grand Avenue School. Uh, we'll be supporting him any way that we can in his efforts. And um, so anyway, and I encourage you to take your own initiative to to, uh, if you feel so led, to save the building uh, at Grand Avenue School, this beautiful historic building uh, on Grand Avenue in Orlando, the city of Orlando, and to make your feelings known to Orange Public, County Public Schools as well about this wrong-headed, uh, disastrous decision they've made to close this wonderful school, this wonderful, positive part of our community, Grand Avenue Elementary. Well, friends, that's our show today. I want to thank you for joining us. And this is my Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.